Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I'm Gina and this is the podcast where we dive into some conversations about our connection with past lives and the divine out there and inside each of us for healing, reaching our full potential in this life, maybe, (laughs) and for a little entertainment, if we're honest, because entertainment is fun and why the hell not? So in today's episode, episode number six, we're talking about my life as Hannah. Uh, This was a woman who did a lot of like hands-on healing. She was a palm reader. And this was a very serene, peaceful life. So you're going to tune in to this and see why I named my crystal singing bowl Hannah after this life. Because it was so great. And um, there's a few other reasons, other parts of Hannah's essence that I always want to embody. So I named my crystal bowl after her. So if you've been around the Twin Cities and been to one of my events, you've probably heard me play Hannah. So uh, tune in and listen to that. But before we get started, uh, you're really going to enjoy this episode. If you are someone who maybe does like one-on-one work with people, or maybe you're some sort of consultant and you have a hard time taking your self-worth out of the work that you're doing or the results that you get from that work, That was one of the things that we covered in this session was like kind of releasing whether I hinged my success or self-worth on how the people I was working with and how they got results or took the information that we worked on together and then applied it to their life or didn't apply it to their life. And really getting out of that and just focusing on that exchange. So if you're someone who does that kind of work, you're working with people, you're helping people make some changes in their life or their work or their situation, you might really enjoy that. Or if you know someone who does that kind of work, uh, feel free to send this podcast episode to them. And that's the best way for me to spread the word about this podcast is having you, which I'm so grateful for, let the let your friends know like hey you might like this episode so also before we dive in today next week's episode i'm going to be back on the train of like (laughs) tumultuous past lives so next uh, in our episode in two weeks i'm going to be talking about my life as a medicine woman and that one also was a murder in the woods that's how that one ends so i'll be going into that in our next episode and you can always subscribe in itunes I think you can subscribe on Google. I don't even know. I listen in iTunes. But you can also go to pastlivesandthedivine.com forward slash subscribe and you can enter in your email address. And that is where I would email you and let you know, hey, the latest episode is up. And I always want to know what you think of it. If you have questions, for sure, I want to know that. If you have your own experience that you want to talk about that makes you, that reminded you by listening to the episode, I want to hear about that. I love these conversations. It is like the number one reason why I'm doing this podcast because I just want to talk about this stuff more. So if you subscribe, you'll get emails from me. You can always hit reply. I'm the only one reading my emails, so I would love to get a message from you. And let me know what you think about it. Let me know your reactions or your questions. So thank you in advance for doing all that. All right, today's episode, episode number six, my life as Hannah, a healer, a very peaceful life. Thankfully, I needed it at the time. So gather around the fire. Let's get started. My life as Hannah. Okay, getting into this past life, my past life as Hannah. 
So the reason I scheduled the session or my intention for going into the session was um, to see a life where I was like doing work, using my gifts and um, a life where maybe it ended a little bit better than um, past lives I had seen up until that point that included work. So this past life session took place last October, so October 2018. And in, in um, episode five of this podcast, I talk about uh, a past life that I experienced where I was actually hung and then um, had my throat cut as an execution because of the work that I was doing. And that wasn't the only, I had had um, a couple other past life regressions where I was really digging into like, what are these gifts? How to use these gifts? How to... Um, release fear or shame or release, you know, hanging on to what other people may or may not be thinking of the work I do or the gifts that I have. And so at that time in my life, and I don't know, I guess I still am working on that stuff, but I was really steeped in like letting go of those professional fears, the things that were really kind of freezing me up. Now I still have the fear on some level, but it's a lot quieter and a lot more manageable and I can like see this fear coming and and I can, you know, call his bluff <laughs> when I need to. So um, after having a number of past lives that ended pretty violently, I was like, you know what? I need a past life that's like a little more peaceful. I wanna see something that makes me feel a little bit better about the work I'm doing. You know, in 2019 in the United States of America, chances are I'm not gonna be killed for the work I'm doing. Um, and so like logically I can get that, but fear is not logical. It's like stored in your subconscious, things trigger it that, you know, don't necessarily make a lot of logical sense. So what I wanted to do was help kind of dismantle that. And so I went in with, with the intention of show me a life where I was like using my gifts and not worried about what other people think, but also, um, show me a life that's you know, maybe had a little bit better ending than in execution. So that was my intention surrounding this session that I was going into. And again, in this session, my friend Allison um, facilitated the session. And like I said before, we went through hypnosis training together and it's pretty cool because um, we can get together and swap and share stories and it's so much fun and I'm so blessed to have her in my life. And you'll hear her voice, she is again facilitating this session. So as always, we start out with an induction, which if you have a question about what an induction is, it's similar to a guided visualization. And I talk about the induction and many other components of an actual past life regression session that you can find in episode three of this podcast called the anatomy of a past life regression session. So with that, we started with the induction and then we landed in the first scene that I experienced in this life. Know what is going on around you. Trust the impressions you receive, even though if at first they might just seem like imagination. Take a moment, and when you're ready, describe to me where you are. I'm on the shore of of an ocean. Okay, good. 
Now, before we get really far into the details of the scene, what I want to say when I was splicing in these recorded um, audio clips from the actual session, I did a lot of taking out of the uh, long pauses, long, like where Allison would ask a question and there would be a long pause. So even, for example, in this one, she was like, you know, what are you seeing? And right away in this audio clip, it sounds like right away I was like, I'm on, I'm on the shores of an ocean. But what I want you to know is that it's really common. And, and there are some people, and there are some times when I feel this way, where when someone... <clears throat> When the facilitator asks me a question in session, the answer is just like right there and it's super strong. But for a lot of times, you gotta kind of sit there and like let the answer come to you. And especially if you're not used to meditating or you don't have, or you know like you're kind of a control freak maybe, or um, you doubt your imagination a lot, or you're not in tune with your intuition, which is perfectly normal. And I would say that's maybe most people. Um, and I'm even dip out of that on the regular, even though I'm coming out of it for sure. Um, it's easy to doubt the answers you get. So that's something that's really important when you're actually a client in the session. It's really important for you to not make a judgment of the things that pop into your mind, because in this situation, um, the information that you're getting the feedback I've been hearing a lot from clients recently is like, I feel like I'm making it up. And the truth is, and this is straight from my guides, is that imagination and intuition oftentimes look a lot alike. But if you are in touch with your physical body, you can physically feel the difference. Like one feels easier, one feels more natural, one feels just right, right? Like we can't, I can't say why this feels right, but it just does. And what's really important in a trance setting or in um, one of these sessions is that the client is totally open and they never go, wait a minute, am I making this up? Because the conscious mind has been, you know, kind of like pushed to the side a little bit, maybe put in the back seat or quieted down. And it's the subconscious mind that's in the driver's seat in these sessions just to not make a judgment and just to allow that information to come in. Because when you allow it and you trust that information to come in, it's the same as trusting your intuition. Then the next time it's gonna be easier to get more information. So the next question, it's easier to get more information. It's easier to get more details. And if you are a client in a past life regression session, that's another reason why the facilitator will ask questions like, what kind of shoes are you wearing? Or is there anything on your head? Or who else is around? Or what color are the flowers around you? Because when the more information that you can pick up or the client can pick up in the chair, um, the more information will come. So it's all a part of the practice to like get the client to trust themselves, get the subconscious mind kind of oiled up, ready and willing to deliver more information. And I've been saying that, uh, I feel like a little bit more more often recently because I've had some clients come in and they're brand new to it and they like don't really trust that they're gonna have a great experience. And with that, um, 
can come a lot of questioning from the conscious mind when you're actually in trance. And so it's really important just to kind of like lean into it and be like, I don't know if I'm making it up and just go with it. Because I've never had someone who was like, I totally made it all up and I didn't get anything out of it. It's just not how our minds operate, especially in trance mode. And so what I want you to know is that when you hear these recordings, I'm taking out the pause between question and Gina's answering because it's a podcast and you don't want to sit there and listen to, you know, dead air for two minutes while the answer comes to me. And yes, some people sit in the chair and the answers come right to them and they totally trust them and the sessions go a lot farther and a lot faster. So, and that's something you can get more of with practice. So even if that doesn't come naturally to you, <clears throat> you can get more of that with practice. And the practice could be meditation. The practice could be um, you listening to hypnosis on your own. The practice could be you sitting in my chair being my client. So there are many ways to train your mind to do it. You don't necessarily have to come and have a past life regression session, but it's really just opening up and creating that well-oiled connection between you and your subconscious mind. So I just wanted to put that in there because uh, the way I splice the audio recordings in there, I think can be a little bit misleading. So I don't want that to be misleading. I also take time to get the answers when I'm in session. Okay, so that is that uh, opening scene. I am a woman, I'm standing on the shores of an ocean and I'm like about to get into the ocean, yet I'm fully clothed. I'm a woman. dress but I'm like getting in the water and the sky was like this gray just like a really gray kind of a dreary day and uh, the ocean was really calm and I was like waiting and watching and it was really calm feeling and what's so interesting is like I'm a huge baby when it comes to like getting in water, like especially if it's cold water or water where I'm not sure what's underneath, you know, like an ocean or a lake. And so it was interesting to be um, in the essence of this woman who was, uh, you know, waiting, waiting for something to be able to go into the ocean. And that's all she was doing was waiting where if Gina was waiting at the ocean to go in and it was a dreary day out, calm ocean, maybe a light, light breeze, I would be like, oh my God, is this going to be cold? Oh my God, what's underneath the ocean? And so it was just interesting just feeling to my core this like, um, almost like a gratitude that I, I'm able to use the ocean and that's it. There's no fear around it, no fear of being cold or having a fish like brush against my foot. And that is like one of the unintended benefits, I believe, of a past life regression is like you get this opportunity to like kind of shed the cloak of like the quirky or neurotic parts of myself and, and inhabit someone else's way of being. I'm very much someone who sometimes I'm like, uh, if a situation is like really complicated or emotionally charged, I sometimes have this feeling of like, I just need like a rational adult to tell me how I should be feeling and then I'm, I'm good and I can like get there, right? But sometimes I feel so... Um, just so discombobulated and I'm trying to think of a particular example but I can't right now but like someone to be like I don't know this familiar this situation's unfamiliar someone just tell me 
how I should be feeling. And so because I'm like that, it's, it's really interesting for me to inhabit someone's body, um, someone's memory of this woman, where a lot of my fear baggage in a certain situation, like walking into a ocean and it's like kind of cool outside, and to like release that fear, I just think is so cool. And then now it's like a memory stored in my mind and stored in my body. And so I can't say I've used it, but that is something, you know, I live in Minnesota, so I'm not like by an ocean a lot. But so in, it's just interesting. Like it's a way, it's a tidbit to be like, oh, that's what that feels like. What a calm, peaceful feeling. And I can always tap into it a little bit easier because I have the memory of being that way. And it's, again, it's not logic. It's like an actual memory. It's not, well, it shouldn't be scared. It's like, oh, I remember a time when I wasn't scared. And that is just so much more powerful. Okay, so then Allison asked me, she said, you know, is there anyone, is there anyone who's actually with you right now? And all of a sudden, whether the woman had just joined me then, or maybe she had been there the whole time, but all of a sudden there was a woman who was with me. And so Allison kind of dug into like, who is this woman? Why are you here? What is her significance to you? She, is, she's, um, I use the word client, but that's not the word she would use, but I don't know. But it's like a client. She's come to me to to heal or feel better or something. But what I'm doing helps her physical body, but then being in the water helps her too. I get the feeling I do this. This is like what I do for a living in the ocean. And so what we were actually doing is the salt water of the ocean was key to what we were doing. And then we were going out until like maybe the water was like chest or shoulder high. And so I would be standing, but then she would be floating and she was naked and I was clothed. And as she would float on her back, I would do some sort of massage while she floated on her back. Like, like I was kind of helping to hold her up. You know how when you float, sometimes parts of your body, like maybe your legs will sink or I don't know. But like, I was kind of like adjusting, helping her stay afloat while keeping her relaxed. Even though, you know, you're floating in salt water. And then I was kind of like rubbing massaging like her arms her legs her feet um even like her stomach and her shoulders and i was it was like it was like i don't know i had a lot going on with my arms like i'd be holding here rubbing there and then i'd be rubbing all over and then holding here and and she was just relaxed totally relaxed floating on her back how how do you feel as you're doing this I feel really good. I feel really loving and I just love to do this work. It's like I can just connect with their soul. It's like I see them but I but I'm I'm not seeing them as 
their personality or their body type or anything. It's like I'm just seeing their soul kind of. In this part where I talk about I'm just like seeing her soul is um is the only way I can describe it. And not necessarily like seeing her soul, but like you're just kind of seeing her more as like an entity and seeing where the healing attention needs to go. And what's so interesting is um, in 2007, I... Uh, became a massage therapist and I loved massage therapy and I still um, if I do say so myself have a natural gift for it but when I look back on why I got out of it I had a few um, not great run-ins with uh, a handful of men and just kind of decided to like you know fuck this work this is just awkward and so um it's still something I think about today, like, God, should I get back into massage therapy? Because I, I find it incredibly relaxing. And now knowing what I know, I always found it relaxing if the client wasn't a pervert. <laughs> I always found it relaxing because as, as someone being massaged, you're in a trance state, most likely. If you're totally relaxed, you're in a trance state. And as the massage therapist, it's pretty easy to get into that trance state too, or at least I felt like it was. Number one, if if I'm with someone helping them relax, I can't say I'm as relaxed or as in a trance as they are, but I'm definitely sharing the experience with them. And I would always feel the, the same way where people, you know, just the culture that we're in right now is unfortunately pretty fat phobic. So if someone were to come into a massage and they were maybe insecure or something like that, it was like, I really couldn't stress enough. Like your body shape doesn't even matter. Like I'm not, I'm certainly not judging you and I'm not even really seeing your physical body. And I would always have a hard time saying that because uh, that was a question I would get like from friends or whatever, people being like, what about someone who has a really hairy back? Or what about someone who, you know, insert weird body thing. And I was like, you know, you don't really even see it. It was like, you just kind of feel where you need to go. And it just felt really good. And I felt that on a whole other level, um, you know, reliving this past life experience as this woman, Hannah. And so, um, Allison had asked me, you know, what's, do you get a name? What's, what's the name of this person? What's the name of your past life? And her name was Hannah. And it took place, we were somewhere on the East Coast of the United States and maybe like in the 1700s. Do you get a, do you know what your name is? Hannah. So this clip I think is interesting because I had done a handful or more than a handful, I guess, past life regressions, like one, you know, like a few a month just because for a few months just because I was going through training and then we had to do all kinds of practice hours and um I had access to it and I obviously really like this stuff and that is something like when I got the name Hannah that's how I encourage people to do it is like just say it it doesn't matter if you think you're making it up just say it and now I can identify that life as Hannah 
And is a name that significant? No, but why doubt it? And so I encourage new clients, that's part of my, you know, the talk, the chat before a session is like, when it comes to you, just say it. Don't second guess yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Just trust yourself. Trust what comes up and say it. And I I did a really good job there because she said, what's your name? And I said, Hannah. I didn't even take out a pause there. So, so yay me. Look at that. Progress. Look at how good I was doing a year ago. (laughs) Yay. Okay. So moving on to the next scene in this life. And so how we prompt that is we say, you know, let's move to the another significant or the most significant or the next significant scene in this life as Hannah. I moved from the East Coast and now I'm somewhere out West. I'm like in a like in kind of a like a saloon or something maybe. But I left because they were something with my work. I don't, I don't know, but something with like, I couldn't do that work anymore. So when I really kind of leaned into the question of like, what made me move or what made me leave the work I was doing and move because I had moved from like East Coast United States and now I was somewhere out west and I'm I'm not really totally sure out west but it was a place where people who were moving out west like moving to California for example would pass through so even though it wasn't the west the west it was like more west and people moving west would move through this town a lot And so I wasn't sure, it was something to the effect of like, I don't know if someone thought I was doing like some form of witchcraft back then and I was in danger and so I left or if I was at some real risk for capture or death. But as Hannah, just embodying that, um, you know, mental space as her digging into those memories, I didn't have any real strong emotions about moving. So it was like, I had to move, period. She wasn't, as Hannah, I didn't feel like those fucking assholes or anything like that. It was just like, this was the situation. I figured I might be at risk or maybe I was at risk. I don't know. But, and then just was like, all right, I don't want to deal with this. I'm moving on. And no need to like stick it to anybody or obsess about it, but just literally being like, this is reality and this is what I'm doing about it and not having any long lasting emotional baggage about it, which I thought was pretty cool because uh, that's not my inclination. (laughs) My inclination is like, those assholes, you know, thought I was wrong, but they're wrong. and, And it's, you know, probably very human, but it was interesting, again, to inhabit someone who just really dealt with what's going on right now and how do I feel about it and okay moving on and it was really light and refreshing and way more peaceful than my internal landscape as Gina so being able to kind of like be in that essence of such a non-emotional reaction was cool and refreshing so then Allison had asked me what are you doing like what are you doing out there where do you live what kind of work are you doing 
wanted to do like the massage work, but I felt like people thought I was a prostitute. And that was just uncomfortable. So I, I think I'm reading poems. So Allison asked the question, and how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the work that you're doing now, reading poems, knowing it's different than what you were doing? And really, I was just happy to be working, working for myself, not having to be do, having to uh, do work that I didn't like. And um, palm reading for me also seemed to come pretty natural. I had always worked with my hands in that type of massage work that I was doing, for example, with that woman in the ocean in the opening scene. And so it seemed normal that I'd be then reading poems because I always thought of the hands in that life. The hands to me were like this portal into giving and receiving energy. And so being able to read, you know, the energy, the climate, the environment, the things that we can't see with our five senses on someone's hand just kind of seemed like a logical next step. It didn't seem weird to me. And it was just like a lot of energy comes from the hands. And so it makes sense that I could read this energy by looking at the hands and using it for more information. And I didn't necessarily feel like I was particularly good at it. I knew that I was obviously a little bit more open to it and better at it than say the average person. But in terms of like palm reading, I never thought of myself as like this great mystic palm reader. But I kind of liked doing it and it was easy to get clients based on where I was. And where I was, was I was kind of at this like, it was almost, it was almost like a hotel, but it had a bar in the middle. So like a, almost like a saloon with rooms to stay in. And it was really filled with people who were traveling from the East to the West. And so it wasn't like I had repeat clients. It wasn't like these people lived here and I was putting up my marketing. I, I really just was in front of new people all the time. People traveling, people staying at this place and then traveling out further West. And uh, I always felt really thankful because this bartender who I thought was super cute and he was kind of like the manager of the place too. He did not own it, but it was this sense of like this bartender, this manager really likes me and that's why he lets me sit here and do the work. And he would like fill up my water glass and he would just allow me to do the work. And he was always, always interested in what I was doing and supportive, but you know, never got his palms read. He was interested and supportive, but not totally on my wavelength, which I thought was really cool. And as this woman reading these palms at this bar, I just thought, God, this bartender is so cute. Like if I was 30 years younger, this guy would be mine. <laughs> and so it was like, not only did I like his company, but he was really fun to look at and just never anyone that him and I would have never gotten together. Or that was my thought anyways. He was almost more like uh, the age of, say, if I would have had kids in that life, he was like, uh, he could have been my son. And so I just felt really thankful and open to doing the work. What do you think draws your clients to you? Um, well, it's like... It's 
like if I can get a couple of them, then they tell their friends or tell other people in their party and then they'll come. But it's pretty inexpensive for them and I don't know if it's where I'm staying, but these people have the money to pay me, so it's like pretty easy for the money to get the reading is not very much money mm-hmm. to them, but it's enough for me. Like I have more than enough to live on, but I'm not like wealthy, but I, I like what I'm doing. And I think I sit at the bar, so it's easy to have conversations with people and I'm friendly with the bartender. So they let me sit there and do that. And I'm funny, people like my company. They laugh a lot around me. And it was so easy to get these clients because I would just sit at the bar, people would come, have drinks, laugh with their friends, get a little loose, ask me what I did, and then I'd tell them, and they would be like, hey, I wanna do this. And so it would just be like this really easy interaction. And the reason I was able to do this and get these clients so easily was because of this bartender. And this bartender is in my life today. And his essence is the same. Very kind, interested in what I do, maybe not on the same wavelength, but open to it and supportive. And so with that, Allison asked, you know, a little bit more about the bartender and is he in my life today? I think Alex might be a bartender. But he's like 20 years younger than me. He's super cute, but it's like, I'm kind of old and kind of round. So I don't, I'm not like trying to hook up with him, but I think he is so cute and he really likes me because I make him laugh. So this is one of the three or four past lifetimes that I've had where Alex makes an appearance. Alex is my husband and it's just some people in a past life regression will look at the face of the person and will be like, hey, this looks like so-and-so in their life. And for me, that's never been how it happens. It's like the essence of that person is what comes through. So for example, if you think of someone in your life who means a lot to you, or maybe it's someone who you've been with almost your entire life, like a sibling or a parent, or maybe it's your partner in life or a best friend, but It's all of the parts about them that you can't necessarily touch with your five senses. So it's like, it's like, just like their essence, how you, how they, how you feel around them, how the feelings that you get from them to you. And that's what I feel in a past life. Or sometimes if the question is, is anyone here in your life today? It'll just pop up like, oh, this is so-and-so. And I never doubt that because even though I'm obviously super into this stuff, I'm always surprised. And there's a part of me that is a little bit cynical. Like, is this really a thing? Is this really happening? Am I really just making all this up? And at the end of the day, worst case scenario, I am making it all up. It does not feel like that. But even if that's the case, I've gotten so much healing from it and my life has gotten so much better because of it, then so be it and thank God for imagination, right? But I, I just truly, in my, on a soul level, do not feel that way. And so it's about trusting those hits that come 
from you. And this was so apparent. Like the essence of this bartender is Alex. And I know it's him. Uh, And even before I got into all this past life regression stuff, when I met Alex, it was just this knowing. Like he walked into a bar and the only thing that I could think of was like, that guy, he's going home with me tonight. And it was really like, I'm not against one night stands, but I've just never been attracted to someone enough to be like, this is, <laughs> this is happening tonight. And then it turns out he was walking over to our table. He was a friend of a really good friend of ours. And I was like, well, this just got a lot easier because he's uh, with our group tonight. But he just like, I was so drawn to him. And it was just this really odd sense of like, you are so familiar, but I do not know you. And I just need to be with you. And I've had a number of past lives with Alex where my reaction to him in this life makes sense when I know this past life, these lives that we've had that are so intertwined. And I think we've had more than three or four lives together, but uh, this is the first one that I know of where we're connected romantically. But the essence is the same. He's very sweet. He's very supportive. Um, He's open to what I do, but he's like not necessarily on the same wavelength, but he's not against it. And again, very supportive, funny, appreciates me, even though I'm a little weird. And that essence, it's more than that, but that's kind of the threads that are always there between him and I. And I just think it's so cool whenever I see him because I've never set the intention to go looking for him at all. So it's always like a little surprise, like, ah, there's Alex. That's it. How old are you? I think I'm like 50. But I've been working with people's energy for a really long time. And so it's just kind of opened me up. So I'm not like a fortune teller, but I can like give people clarity on their life based on what I get from their hands. So after getting all the details of this scene, where I was, why I was there, what kind of work I was doing, Then Allison moved me to uh, a few minutes, few hours before my death. So kind of the final, the final moments of life on earth as Hannah. Where are you? I'm in like a little shed, it's my house. And I'm laying on um, my bed, but it's just kind of, like hay with some blankets. And I'm just, I'm really tired. I'm just laying down and like taking a nap. I think I'm like 60. But I get tired a lot. And I don't go to the doctor or anything. But I've been getting tired a lot in the last year. And then... I don't know I'm gonna die, but when I go to sleep, I can, I can feel... This sleep is gonna be very deep. I'm just like so tired and so happy to be in my bed. I mean, the relief, it's just like when you're so tired and you lay down in your bed and that's really how it felt. And 
the place, my home, was literally like a little shed. I mean, there was pretty much room for my bed and like a few other things. But I never, but it was like I had so much love and appreciation for that home. It was, I had just this real natural, clear understanding of what is enough for me, which is a question that I ask myself a lot. Uh, you know, what's enough here? Like, is this just my ego saying more, 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 bigger, 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 better, better, better? Or is this something I really need? And and it was just like she had such the, this clear, not wanting, just like this is enough. And if she needed something, she would go get it or go do it. But her place where she lived was just so small and humble. And she just like couldn't have been happier to have that as her own. And because of that, felt really relaxed, really at home and just so happy to be sinking into her bed and the ability to just like relax and sleep here. As you've heard me say before, the thoughts that we're thinking or the emotions or the reactions we're having as our soul leaves our body can really leave an imprint. It's like a branding on our soul. You know, all day we have, I don't know, thousands or millions of thoughts that come and go in a flash. And sometimes we don't even know they're happening. But what really makes a difference is kind of like our point of view as our soul leaves our body can really leave that mark. And I've talked a lot about that before. And so with that, uh, I love it when a facilitator will ask me. And as the facilitator, I always ask, like, if, if the death scene is something we go through, which most clients, that is something that we go through. Sometimes it's skipped over for a number of different reasons, but that's not the majority. Uh, it's then that I'll ask, like, how are you feeling? What are your thoughts on this life? What are your thoughts as you leave this body and this life on earth? And so Allison, being the facilitator, had then asked me those questions. It was a life where I think a lot of people looked at me and probably thought I didn't have a lot. But I always, my cup was so full from the work I did. And because of that, it was easy for me to open up to other people and make friends easily, no matter where I was or what I was doing. And the way I died was so peaceful. I love this, how it's so simple. It was just like she was able to do things that really filled her cup. And what I don't want to do here is even though I am work for myself and prefer to work for myself, that's just kind of the shit sandwich I prefer to eat, you know, no matter what avenue you take in life, it's not easy. It's not enjoyable 100% of the time. And so I'm definitely not selling that. That's what my flavor looks like. But I think what's what is the big takeaway here is like this woman just felt so such ease and grace as she moved through life and dealt with people and dealt with like hard times like she had to move across the country and because you know the work was no longer accepted where she was she tried to do that work further out west people thought she was a prostitute so she just switched it was a lot of just ease dealing with what's going on now, not obsessing and ruminating about the past, not fretting about what could or couldn't happen in the future. And it was really just this place of operation from a sense of presence, a sense of gratitude, and just like a fullness of, I guess, I don't know if it would be like spiritually a fullness, a fullness of like her soul just really enjoying what she did every day. 
And I don't think that that's like license to be like, go find your passion and quit your job and work for yourself. Because, you know, on a lot of days that kind of feels like my own personal hell, but it's, it's what I prefer, right? So out of all the different options of work, that's what I prefer. I don't think that that's the only way to do it. What I say is the takeaway here is like, even if your work fills you up, there is parts of your job that you don't like. It's not, life is not all fucking roses and rainbows and unicorns shooting glitter out of their butts. Like, it, it's about finding things that light you up, noticing what lights you up, and then finding and then intentionally, like, going about that, you know? And it could be as little and unglamorous as, like, I love weeding my garden, or I love coloring in my coloring books, or I love taking my dog on a walk or cuddling my dog on the couch. Or it could be work-related or not. It could be something you make money off of or not. But what's important is like those things that kind of fill up our unique soul make our life better, makes every part of our life better. And that was really the takeaway that I took from that was like she was so content that it was like in that overflowed into every interaction she had with herself, with potential clients, with friends, with meeting new people with maintaining relationships. And I just, I really liked that. And I really want to call that out because I think that that's universal and we can all learn from that. When I think back on my work, I don't think about it in terms of uh, results. Like this was the, since the people came and went, I never knew. You know, I never got a testimonial six months later that I, that it was right or something. And so I really focused on in the moment of doing the work, just being true and open and honest in that energy exchange. And that's what they're paying for. And anything else that happens is not up to me. And so no, not being attached to their results and instead just focusing on that energy exchange in that moment. And that's, and I just used my gifts. My gifts always came from my hands. Looking back on my life, I think it's so funny because I, at one point, almost got a tattoo of a hand. (laughs) I have a tattoo of a tree on my wrist and I almost got a tattoo of a hand. Isn't that weird? Um, It was right around the time I was doing a lot of massage and I just felt like my hands were just like such a part of like the work I wanted to do, the work I enjoyed doing, and I almost got a hand tattooed on me. So I think it's so funny that in this life of Hannah, where it's like her hands were like how she gave and received and she knew that and she was aware of it. And that's why when she needed to, she was like, I'll read your hands. I can read energy. I'm intuitive enough. I work in that space enough and she could give people clarity on like what was going on in their lives right now and help them to not necessarily like be a fortune teller but we're all we all make better decisions when we have that clarity in the moment which I think is so cool and I also think it's such a rational evolved way to do the work because it was like she was being paid for this energy exchange and just the nature of her clients being in transition, moving out west, she never saw them again. They weren't repeat clients. And so it was really just that moment 
that exchange. And for me, when I was in the wellness industry, whether I was like one-on-one coaching people or working with organizations doing consulting, I was always trying to prove my worth. Just that's who I try not to be, but that's like a natural inclination for me. I'm getting better at it. But And part of that worth is like, see, are you still seeing results? Is this still working for you? And just this really um, not great emotional attachment in my own mind. I think it's okay to care about that stuff. But for me, I hinged a lot of my self-worth on, is this person still thriving? And that is not fair to me or anyone who's doing that. Because if you came to me for a service... I am not a magician. Like, I can't control what you do tomorrow. I can't control what you do with this information. And I was, again, a year ago, I was really starting out and like, okay, I'm going to follow up with these people and try to get a testimonial. And while I do follow up with people, it's more like, do you have any questions? And uh, do you want to do this again? And sometimes I don't follow up with people because I'm not feeling it. But if I'm feeling it, I will. Or if it's a friend and I'm seeing them again, I might ask like, hey, how are you feeling? But it is, while I know I shouldn't hinge my self-worth on this, having this life as Hannah where she just came at it from such a beautiful, rational point of view where it was like, you are paying for me this, you are paying for this exchange and what you do with it is none of my business. If you found it valuable or not is none of my business. And that is such a stress relief for me. And it's just such a place of power for me to be in and a place for me to remember, like, this is the gift I'm giving them. This is the energy exchange. And anything beyond that is none of my business. And I should not hinge my self-worth on that. What lessons or patterns do you see from this life as Hannah that can help you in your current life or your current business? to be attached to the energy exchange of the session or the whatever they're paying you to do and not be worried about or think about or hinge any sort of success on their long-term their long-term benefits of how we work together in terms of the exchange, it's just in that moment. And if you hear of good things in the future, that's fine. But you're gonna get your cup filled and your soul filled up faster if you focus on just having that. Just a really simple, beautiful energy exchange in that moment. So I'd be curious to know what you think of that. Is that something that you struggle with if you do one-on-one work or you're like a consultant or there's this long-term effect potential effect to the work you do? Are you someone who kind of obsesses about that or kind of hinges yourself on that? For me personally, I know it's something I dealt with, you know, for, I don't know, almost 20 years. I mean, I still deal with it on some level. But it's definitely a lot less automatic, a lot less impactful when I do slip into those kind of old ways of like hinging my self-worth on whether someone does or doesn't do something um, that we spoke about in a one-on-one session. And 
this is another thing that I like about talking about past life regression is like this thought of like focus on the energy exchange, like and how beautiful this is between these two people right now, this experience right now, what they take from it has nothing to do with me. If they want to have a past life experience and they don't want to believe the information that's coming in, they want to doubt it, they don't want to focus on it, I can't control that. But what I can do is offer the guidance beforehand, prep them, offer a session in which I help them dig into this information and then debrief afterwards to help them, you know, think about some of these things. And what's cool is like a lot of these things, like focusing on this energy exchange, isn't just unique to me. I think it's unique to all of us. It's we get caught up in hinging our worth or our sense of success on things that we can't always control. And so to show up, do your best in that moment, and then just let the rest go. And again, being in that, having that as a memory, I have done this before, impacts me so much more than, you know, if a life coach was like, Gina, you just got to let it go. It's just, yeah, I would love, I would love to. But having this as a memory was so powerful and just really unexpected. I did not think that this type of message would come through, but it did. And it was so relevant and so impactful. And it's just like one of the many things I love about a past life regression. And she was just so serene and dedicated to service. But she, she was also really friendly and funny, which brought people in and then they got interested because she seemed so normal. And then they, she would say she does palm reading for a job. And then they'd be like, what? I want to do that. And so she was just so free and content. Okay, this is who I strive to be, right? Oh, I mean, serene, funny, charismatic, free. This is why I named my singing bowl, my crystal singing bowl, Hannah. So if you've been around the Twin Cities and you've been to one of my events with Hannah, I always introduce her as Hannah. And that's why, because I want to be that way. I want to be so secure and just like serene and open to taking life as it is and not ruminating and not fretting about the future. And let me tell you what, when I think of that, like I can, when I think of Hannah in that past life, I can feel it in my body. And what's so cool, I say this every episode, but like going back and revisiting, listening to it, digging in, I learn more. I feel it again, which is so beneficial and healing and and just helps me kind of recalibrate in a way. And, uh, And so if you've ever done a past life regression and you have notes from it, read them. If you have an audio recording from it, listen to it again and really kind of like dissect. It's so cool because I did this a year ago. This session happened a year ago to be able to be like, hey, yeah, I guess this has changed in the last year. Or I guess um, even though I have not mastered this like serene, free way of being, I'm definitely, if it's a spectrum, I'm closer to that end of the spectrum a year later, way closer than I was a year ago. And I, and there has been, 
you know, I meditate regularly, I'm mindful about my reactions, but I feel my reactions. I have bad days too. Some of them are justified. Some of them are totally made up from like bullshit thoughts growing through my head. And being able to decipher that is important. Um, But I would say overall, in general, if I didn't listen to these recordings, I I feel like uh, the nuggets, the wisdom, the change that I've gotten from it, even though I know this, it wouldn't be as apparent. So if you have had a past life regression before, whether it's with me or not, go back and listen to it. Um, and it's something that I I would do every once in a while. Like if I was reorganizing a drawer, I would pull out notes and look at it and be like, oh yeah. But it's pretty interesting to dig in and listen to it and and really like relive it because those memories are always there and to listen to it or read the notes will bring them back to the surface and it's incredibly healing and so it's like am I on the right track have I totally veered off and listening to this past life is like man I am not Hannah yet I would love to be Hannah someday again with those but just that memory sits in my body and it's like a seed that was planted or uncovered or replanted And it has definitely taken root in the last year and has definitely begun to grow in the last year. And I feel more and more like that every week that goes by, which I just think is a cool way to tap in to that and to be reminded of it. So that's my public service announcement to go back and listen to your old recordings. Go back and read the notes and see how far you've come. Because when we have these experiences, when we have this session, we can see it, right? Like, oh yeah, that's what I need in this life. I need to be more curious instead of anxious. I need to be more calm instead of fearing the worst all of the time. And um, and it's just cool to kind of relive that because it's always stored in our memory. And so when we can get into that space where we re-feel it again, we're just having it washed over us again. And it's a way to amplify those feelings and kind of like put that stick in the sand again and be like, yeah, yeah, this is where I'm at. This is where I used to be. I've come a long way. And that in and of itself, seeing progress is also very healing and nourishing and rejuvenating. Okay, so from this scene where my soul is leaving my body and I'm analyzing my thoughts, my thoughts on that life, my thoughts as I move my soul out from that body, then Allison brought me to that safe space where you can gain spiritual guidance and or get insights, whether it's from your higher self or your spirit guides or your angels. And this is a space where, uh, as a facilitator, if you have questions, questions related to the life or not, uh, if you are trying to connect with a guide, this is a great place to do it. If you have a connection to your guides, this is a great place to like commune and have contact with them. Contact that's a little bit more rich and, insightful and just clearer than like when we're just in our third dimension form living life sometimes it can be hard to pick up those messages so after you know a session where you're really priming that subconscious mind to bring those memories forward you're also opening this portal to your soul where you can have more access to the wisdom of your higher self and the wisdom of your guides and your angels And for whatever reason right now, I don't know if I've ever gone into it, but your higher self, I'm just feeling this like question of someone out there being like, what the hell does higher self even mean? And in my mind, higher self is like the part of me, the part of my soul, that eternal 
ancient part of me that is still really connected to the astral plane or to heaven or whatever you call it, that space, that part of our soul that really made the plan for our life. All right, you're going to come down and you're going to, you know, try to learn these lessons. And in order to try to learn those lessons, you're going to encounter these kind of people. You're going to pick these kind of parents. And um, that is that is what I mean by higher self. So it's like the part of you that is a little more in touch with the plan for your life. And so you can ask those questions. You can ask them of yourself. You can ask them from your spirit guide. You can ask them uh, for angels or any other enlightened beings that are here with your highest and greatest good in mind. And so that's the safe sacred space. And again, I talk a little bit more about that in episode three in the anatomy of a session. So if you listen to that and you still have questions about this space, you know where to, you know to contact me. Um, but Allison brought me to that space and it was like, what do you, what was the reason? Why did you have this past life as Hannah? Because even though I go into it with a certain intention, the guides Anytime we make the intention or the effort to schedule a past life regression or schedule a session in which we're going to be open to these higher insights, this higher guidance, our guides and the facilitators' guides are working together to create a session that'll bring maximum benefit for where this client is right now in their life. So um, I always ask, and a lot of times I'm in a session, the facilitator will ask, why did you see this life right now? Like, like, why did the guides show us this life right now in, in this moment of time with this intention? Well, they showed me that life as Hannah because they were just like, it can be that simple and that painless and that rewarding. It doesn't have to be so dramatic like the other lives. So just the way we think, it seems like as humans, we a lot of times will go into a session like a past life regression session or a hypnosis session and we think about like, I need to let go of this or I'm this way and I don't want to be this way. I'm having these feelings and I just want to get rid of them. And sometimes in order to get rid of a feeling, you need to gain something else. And so... um. This is so weird. I'm, <laughs> I'm having like a spiritual experience right now. So uh, where I can like see it in my mind, but I can't bring words to it. So as an example of like, it's, it's, you can't just, sometimes you have to have a way of being, right? And so if you're like, I want to get rid of my anxiety, right? Like I suffer from anxiety. So every once in a while, it's definitely way better than it used to be. But so if I'm, in an anxious way and I have these thought processes that lead to this anxious way of being and I want to let go of that, then what I need to do is change the thought patterns or the ideas behind the thought patterns that then lead to that anxiety. And so it's not just like I'm, I don't want to feel anxious. There's a few layers to it. And so maybe it's like, okay, well, if you are someone who is feeling that way, or if I am someone who's feeling that way, then what do I need instead? Sometimes I need a different way of being, right? It's not just let go of this and be nothing. Sometimes we need something 
We need to grab onto something else so we can let go of that, right? Like, if we're super fearful, like, can we release that fear and bring in the curiosity? And, and, it, and that's a common one. Like, instead of being controlling, can we be curious instead? Instead of um, feeling like we need to paddle upstream, can we kind of like have this thought in our mind of like laying back and letting the water just float us somewhere where we're intended to be? But I think that um, that's what this really speaks to is like sometimes in a past life regression, we'll, we, we feel like I've had a few clients who are like, oh, I just have such negative, nasty feelings within me. There's just like no way there's not this like crazy, scary past life that I'm going to encounter that's going to have to undo this. And having that thought and that assumption does does many things, but two things that stick out to my mind for the purpose of this conversation is number one, it blocks you from an experience that isn't dramatic, isn't, you know, noteworthy in a movie. Uh, and then therefore you kind of miss like the things that you can gain from it. And then also believing that you had to have lived some dramatic, awful past life because you're feeling certain ways is also detrimental because that can bring up a lot of fear. Like if you're really scared of what you're going to see in a past life, um, that would make you not schedule the session or have a lot of fear and distracting thoughts and the inability to relax in a session. And so just really releasing that and knowing like sometimes if you're having really negative feelings, what you really need is like different feelings, right? So instead of having this really uh, tumultuous life where I, you know, like I have had many past lives like that, this life was really like, you know what you need? You need the memory to resurface again about a life where you did not have all this emotional baggage around working with people and tying yourself work up worth in how they do and whether they purchase again or whether they continue what you talked about. No, 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 no. Focus on the energy exchange. And here's a life where you can actually call that memory up, feel it in your body, know what it feels like to be in that situation. And to me, that is so valuable of being able to like, it's one thing for me to have someone be like, oh, you know, be curious about them instead of fearful that they're going to like you or not. Well, okay, that's a good logical thought. But if I actually have a memory to a point in time for my soul, when that was actually standard operating procedure, that feels a lot different and a lot better. I can tap into that memory. I have not always been this way. But um, yeah, so I think that it's important. And one of the reasons why I saw this life was like, hey, here's a memory of some good things. Now, when you're in that negative swing, that anxious swing, that low self-worth or beating yourself up, tap into this memory of being this kind of person. And then even though I really despise the term fake it till you make it, I think it's so detrimental on so many levels. But this is a way, it not necessarily, I mean, you could think of it as like a fake it till you make it, or it could be like, I'm really going to do my best to like embody Hannah. And because she was so serene and content and talented, and because of that, she wasn't like trying to pressure people to purchase or anything like that, people were naturally interested in her and drawn to her just because of the nature of who she was. And it's like, fuck yes, who doesn't want to be like that? I mean, maybe I'm 
blinded, but I want to be like that. I don't know. I'm assuming a lot of people want to be like that. But um, so to be able to like be like, ooh, I'm feeling like anxious and gross right now. And I'm like beating myself up and I don't need to be. It's more like, ooh, I'm going to embody Hannah right now. Like that is the essence of what I want to be most of the time. And so I'm going to tap into that memory and really just like feel that. And honestly, sometimes that's what I meditate about. It's like, ooh, how would Hannah feel in this situation? And it's so powerful because she's not made up. This was a memory that I had and I felt it in my body, in my mind, in my soul, in my energy fields, all of it. And I think that that is so impactful. And I would say one of the things that people don't often think of when they think of a past life regression, but having access to that nugget of strength or um, feelings of peace or confidence or curiosity or just this serene way of being is so impactful because sometimes we need to grab onto that before we can release all the negative shit that we're feeling. Are any of your guides available to you at this time? They might have some messages for you. You might be able to answer some questions that, that you have. Yes. Who's with you? So going into the session, I also had questions about like um, hosting events. I hadn't started hosting events yet. And how should I do that? And what kind of events? Like, what should the theme be? What should I do during the event? And what's so cool about this um, safe, uh, sacred kind of spiritual guidance space post-death scene is that, um, again, you can get information from your higher self, from your spirit guides, from your angels. And I have a, a great relationship and I know who my guides are. And so Dalo came through and Sasha came through. And I talk about Sasha in um, episode five of this podcast. So if you want to learn about Sasha, you can go over there. But she is really kind of guidance around my work. She wouldn't call it work, but I guess using my gifts is more how she would call it. But um, And then Dalo is, you know, I'm not really sure what his role is, but he is always with me. I mean, they're all always with me, but he was the first guide that I ever met. He is just like pure joy, such love, like unearthly, unconditional love from all of them, but I've gotten it the most from Dalo. So he's kind of like... Um, the main guy, it seems like, and he's got more of a masculine energy to him. Um, so those two were there and they gave me some insights on like things uh, or I guess ideas around events, but really what they focus on is like, it's, you can't like do this wrong. As long as you're enjoying it, you're doing it for the betterment of yourself and the people who are coming, you're coming into contact with. There is no wrong way. There is no wrong path. You're on your path. Like your path is your path. Like you can't get off your path. And um, the lessons will come and you can either learn them quickly or learn them painfully. And so it was a cool way to like dig in and be like, well, you know, in my conscious mind, in my daily life, I was having a hard time putting it together. Like I've never had gatherings in my home before. How should I do this? 
Um, what should the focus be? You know, there's a million ways to go about it. Stress relief, finding your purpose, you know, releasing your fear. How should I do it? And uh, the clarity that I got from them and the insights that I got from them were really the seeds for the gatherings that I've been doing all year. And uh, so getting that clarity also gave me the confidence to actually take some action instead of feeling like really paralyzed by all the options, which I described this when I have a client, I describe this space and the ability to ask questions is like, what would you ask a psychic? If you had a psychic in front of you, what are some of the questions you'd ask them, whether you believe in psychics or not? Um, and there are you know, plenty of charlatans out there, but there are people with that natural gift, the ability to read your energy, read your guides, um, read your higher self and gain those insights. But what's cool about this space, kind of post-death scene, post-past life scenes, is that you can move into this space and be energetically so open is that if you have a facilitator asking these questions, the answers will come to you. And sometimes we're in a space in our life where we're not meant to know the answer, right? Like we aren't meant as third dimension human beings on planet Earth. We aren't meant to know the future. Sure, I'm, I'm not being absolute there. I'm sure there's some people, maybe that is the thing. Maybe they're meant to be a fortune teller and, and all of that. But for us personally, we're not always meant to know the future. But what helps us is gaining clarity right now that helps us take better action. That's like in alignment really with where we want to go. You know, we're always bombarded with, you know, all the things, the marketing, being a consumer, living in a capital capital living in a capitalistic society um there are a lot of distractions comparison judgment ego all of that stuff so being in this space all of that is really stripped away and we're closer to our soul and our soul's purpose than we've ever been and so i gained that insight and it helped me take some action and have gatherings which have been like super fun so that is today's episode that is this session wrapped up as hannah i got some a really cool experience living a life that was uh didn't end tragically and she was very serene and peaceful and free and it is like who i want to be so uh it was it was a great learning experience and, and something that i can grab onto when i want to release kind of like ruminating about the past future tripping about what's going to come up next and really just be in the moment and in that energy exchange with a client and feeling um, serene enough for my gifts to come through and just to allow that to like fill my cup and be enough. And that has been really impactful over the last year. And so I'm so thankful I had that positive experience. So that is our episode for today. And my favorite part of these conversations is the conversation. So I want to talk to you about it. Let me know. Is this something that you struggle with in your own life? Do you struggle with, you know, uh, attaching yourself to people's results when you really don't have any control over it? Um, did you identify with any other part of this? Have you seen a past life where you maybe saw your significant other or someone else who's really important to you, I want to hear about it. So you can go to pastlivesandthedivine.com and you can let me know there. You can subscribe and I'll shoot you an email. Or did you think of someone in particular while you were listening to this? Like, oh, I don't suffer from that. I don't deal with that, but I know someone who does. That is the best way to spread this word about this podcast is for you to forward the episode. So thank you so much in advance 
for doing that. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. So thanks for listening and being open to the power of your past lives, the power of my past lives, and all of our eternal soul experiences while we walk this earth together. As always, take anything from this episode that makes you feel better and just leave the rest. I'll see you next time. 